Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Six Nations is back. Ireland have just picked their team out. They head to Cardiff this weekend. It's going to be a cracker, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's excited about this. I think, um, obviously, uh, there's an extra bit of intrigue with Warren Gatland coming back as coach of Wales again. Um, you know, he gets the best out of those Welsh players. He's a proven track record. And, um you know, they're probably not uh, going into this tournament in the best place regarding their form in November and the last year's Six Nations. So um, he's gone back to and picked a lot of experience. I think it's 952 caps in that well side. Um, so very experienced. It's a tough place to go. I've played there. Um, sometimes they can be off form, but they've proven over the years that they're they're very difficult to beat. And they'll certainly be up for this game and want to start really well um, against Ireland. Yeah, Mark, as we've talked about, he's gone for the old guard. Plenty of Wales players in there throughout his time. You know, I think there's eight involved that were in his team in 2012. And also Ireland, they've struggled there. You know, 2013 is the last time they won in the Six Nations. Yeah, yeah. you you look at the age profile of that uh, Welsh team, it's a, very, it's a bunch of wild warriors, isn't it? Look, right? There's nine of the 23 are 32 or over. Like, that's... That's staggering. And you compare that to the age profile of Ireland, where you've got um, uh, 13 of the Irish 23 are between 25 and 30, you know, which you'd have to say are the most productive rugby years. So the long-term prognosis for that Welsh side is not good. You know, that's an ageing side. That's still a very good bunch of players, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying the long-term, the long-term prognosis is not good. But the short-term... I think Ireland have a real battle on their hands because the emotion that's spinning around Welsh rugby with the explosive uh, BBC show uh, about the toxic culture and uh, some horrific situations in the Welsh Rugby Union and the, the resignation of the CEO, combined with you know sacking uh, their old coach, bringing in Gatlin, the return of the, of the Warrior, the whole emotional state of Welsh rugby is really primed for a performance on uh, to, on Saturday. So Ireland are going in to a real battle. I think if you've got this Welsh team game four, it'd be a very different scenario. But game one, they, they pose a significant threat and Ireland will have to be really at a high uh, high standard on, on Saturday. Alan, what do you make of Warren Gatlin saying it's a bit of a free shot? Is that just a few mind games? Um it's a strange one, I think, um, because you know normally he would he would kind of talk down Ireland a bit and question uh, their abilities and uh, the way they play. He's done that a few times over the years, and um, 
he's intriguing to listen to and he's uh, he brings excitement back into the Six Nations. And, and like I said, he's he's a proven track record. Um, for them saying it's a free shot, I think he probably means that, you know, Ireland are number, ranked number one team in the world. He's gone down the road of kind of building up Ireland, saying they're a brilliant team. And uh, it's going to be really difficult for his side. Nobody expects Wales to win. So I think that's what's where he's gone. But, you know, behind the scenes, they're going to be so pumped. Um, they're under a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stuff that's gone on, as Matt alluded to. Um, you know, controversies in the Welsh Rugby Union. Uh, the results in, you know, Georgia beating them in November. Italy beating them the last game of the Six Nations. Um, they're a very proud rugby nation. And they've always been tough to beat. So I think he's kind of indicating that's a free shot because people don't expect them to win. But um, make no mistake about it, he's he's um, he's confident and he will believe and he will make his players believe that they can go out and win this game. And it's a very dangerous prospect for Ireland. But I suppose there's a little bit less pressure when you're not expected to win. There's probably a little bit more pressure. Uh, that's how you absorb that pressure on the Irish team. Given what happened in 2019 and the expectation, the excitement going into that World Cup or to that Six Nations where England turned us over in that first game in Dublin and it started a spiral of really poor results. Um, Ireland being in a bit of a rut and, and everyone fancying their chances. So um, I think the team are better equipped this time. They've more to their game plan. They've more to their, their attack. And But they're going to be under no illusions. Warren Gatlin is going to have his team really pumped up, um, a lot of experience in there, and they're going to try and frustrate Ireland and go after him physically. So it's a really intriguing battle. It's one that um, on paper you think Ireland should win this game. Um, they're a bit, the, uh, their form is better. They're in a good place, but you know we're all pretty uh, anxious and aware of what happened in 19 and hopefully that'll help the team as well they're conscious too so they know they're going to have to really roll up their sleeves here that this team is going to be really pumped up for them and um they'll try and implement a game plan to stop ireland but the free shot scenario is really trying to take a little bit of pressure off his team matty also said this week um he probably got it wrong with johnny Sexton missing out in that lions tour Sexton this week has also made it clear that he you know was a big hurt for him and you know it's sort of uh, give him a chance to get things back on track and look how good his form's been since then but what do you make of that situation like why is he addressing that you know obviously he was asked about it but is there anything in that um look i think what long-term coaches have is is honesty and they learn as in uh, evaluating their own performance and they learn and grow uh, like all of us and Gatlin's been around a long time, you know, a long, long time. He started coaching Ireland, gee, I think it was 98, might have been 97, you know, like it, it, he's been around a long, long time. And he would have looked back and seen the progress of what he did with selecting Marcus Smith even as a replacement, not selecting Johnny straight up, seeing what Smith's done since then and what Sexton's done, and he'd look back and say, wow, I made a big mistake. He didn't address Gary Ringrose's failure to be selected either, which was a big mistake, and probably James Ryan as well. But Sexton was obviously the, the, the huge one. And, you know, let's give Gatlin credit. It takes, it takes a, a person with some character to publicly say, look, I got it wrong and I regret it. Um, and, and he obviously does. Now, Johnny, being the ultra-competitive individual he is, 
might say, well, that's all very good, uh, Gaddy, but I'm going to jam it down your throat come Saturday. <laughs> um, but but I, I don't think there's anything um, but honesty in that answer, and I think we've got to give him a bit of uh, respect for, for the honesty. Um, and, and I think there's another aspect to this. Um, Gaddy's attitude is like Quinny said. He's, he's a great one for manipulating the press like Eddie Jones used to do. Praise your opponent. Say, there's no pressure on us. Everything's on you. You're a great team. We're just going out there. You know, if we're going to make it, we're going to, we're going to swing, swing a few, and if one lands, we'll take it. Now, we all know behind the scenes that's, that's a gross understatement of what really is going to happen. Uh, and, and Wales, I think, will go back to was a ball, gaddy ball, whatever you want to call it, a, a similar version of it, something the team's got confidence in, and they'll go out, they'll go at them. And that sort of game plan goes at Sexton too. They'll run at Johnny in attack, try and keep the ball. Lots of kicking, deny island lineouts, uh, keeping the ball in play, and then their own set piece will be huge, which is going to be a, a massive day for Finlay, Finlay Berlin because that's what they, they're coming at him for sure. Yeah, and if we look at the Ireland team, you know, Matt says Wales are run down Sexton's channel. Outside Sexton is Stuart McCluskey to help him. He gets the nod at 12. He had a pretty good autumn. Um, is that what you would have gone for? Um, I'm not sure. I think obviously if Bundiaki had um, been playing matches and uh, been Matt Sharp, I think he would have probably would have been the natural one to slip in there. Um, Stuart McCluskey has been really, really good for the last two seasons. Um, I think he's shown um, more to his game than just being a battering ram. His hands are, are really good. Uh, a lot of offloads. He has his big strength is his physicality and his his size, and he can get over the gain line and get his hands through. But you know he's a good distributor of the ball as well, and he's got sharper. I think he's got fitter. Um, looks like he can play at that high tempo um, more often and get more touches. But you know he was unfortunate um, to pick up the injury in November, starting against South Africa. Uh, made a bit of a miraculous recovery to get back and be involved against Australia as well. Um, so, you know, I think they, they, they think highly of him. I think he deserves a shot at it. And uh, he's been playing well for Ulster. And, you know, Ulster have gone through a tough time, um, a tough period of matches where they lost a lot of games. Uh, but McCluskey has had a lot of involvements, played in a lot of those games. So he's pretty sharp. And they see um, they see something that uh, he can do a job from on Saturday. And um, that's why he's got the nod. Uh, we don't know the ins and outs of the Bundiaki situation and why he wasn't being picked by Connacht. There's lots of rumours um, going around, but he hasn't played very much rugby really this season. And um, he's still a brilliant player, Bundiaki. He's on the bench. Um, and, you know, you get an option of, of um, a hungry Bundiaki coming off the bench. But Stuart McCluskey is a really good player. He's going to come up against... Um, a young player in Joe Hawkins who's similar size and, and and probably strength and ability. He's only one cap. He's very young. But McCluskey deserves his chance. Um, he's been knocking on the door for years. And it would be a shame if he, you know, didn't get back in around this Ireland team because he's good enough to be there. And uh, let's hope he has a big game on Saturday. Matt, we've heard the roof's going to be closed. What type of game plan do you think we can see from Ireland? Well, it certainly suits all. To, to close the roof, um, it's one. You know, if you try to explain Americans, you've got a stadium with a roof, but sometimes you don't close it when it's raining. 
they look at you and go, what? Why, why wouldn't you close it? You know? What's the point of having a roof on a stadium if you roll it back, you know? Like, it should be closed. The whole point of having a roof in Cardiff is to play so it doesn't rain. But on occasions, it suits Wales. So I think there's two parts to this. It, it certainly suits Ireland. But the reason um, it's, it's closed is, is obviously Wales have got a bit of a plan there as, as well. But, you know, if, if Ireland can get their attacking game back anywhere near the standard that we saw in the summer in New Zealand, it'll be too much for Wales. But they haven't done that in November. And it's not possible to play at that, that level all the time because teams are working you out. Defensive coaches are looking for ways to disrupt your attacking uh, system. Obviously, not having Todd Furlong, one of the well, the best tight end prop in the world, not only as a scrummager and a line out lifter, but his ball play as in in that that role in the attack, the way the the Irish use their their props. Um, you know, Finley Bealham will have a, has got big shoes to fill on that account. So we, we'll, I think, we'll still see the same type of attack that we've seen for the last twelve months. Uh, it, it's a very potent team with Sexton back. Makes a huge difference. Jamison Gibson Park, the Ruxbury, the way he gets the ball away so quick, and the hands of players like like Todd Byrne and and uh, James Ryan, with their ability to either offload to Josh Van der Fleur or pull out the back to Sexton coming around the corner. Then the plays they have, especially targeting at, at George North at outside centre. I don't think that's his best position. They they persist in picking there. I think because they got no one else, but he is. He, he finds that shifting, drifting defence hard, and and it is very, very difficult to do. It's what makes Ring Rose look so good because he's he's great at it. But I, I I think that will be what Ireland do. But what will Wales do? What what will Wales do? I think that's that's the great unknown. We can speculate, but that's the great unknown because we don't know what Gatlin is going to put together. He hasn't got a lot of time, so that what what makes me feel he's going to go back to Gaddy Ball and and. A lot of close runners, a lot of holding the ball, a lot of trying to be physical and and get penalties and and grind into games, which they did so well when uh, Gatlin was there a few years ago. Alan, this Warren Ball, could he surprise us? Or is that asking too much? Well, it depends what Alex King wanted to do when he came back in as well. You know, he's brought him in as, um, as the attack coach. So I don't think they can drift too far away from, you know, I, I, I'm not sure they were sure themselves what, 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 what kind of a game plan they were playing under Wayne Pivak. He was trying to make them more expansive and um, attack more in, in the wider channels. You know, Gatti's game plans worked and they're direct, um, they're physical, they're, you know, they're, they resolve a little bit around you know, fitness and tempo and just constantly moving. Um, so I don't know. I don't think he's going to drift too far away, but they've some good players. You know, when you look at the that Welsh backline, Josh Adams and uh, Rio Dyer, you know, incredibly quick wingers. If they can get the ball to them, they're, they're footballers. They're very, very good players. Um, Dan Bigger obviously has a lot of experience and he's a real kind of strong, resilient figure for them as well. Um and and Liam Williams coming in at full back. He's been out for a good period of time. I think Lee Halfpenny um obviously picked up a knock and Liam Williams has come straight in there, play having played very little rugby this season. But um I can't see him drifting too far away, but I still think you've got to be prepared for 
for Wales, throwing caution to the wind a little bit here. Um, and when you take, if you, it depends what kind of approach and mentality and what kind of instructions they're given. If they're given a little bit of freedom, of course they'll still play a direct game. Um, they'll kick a fair bit, and you know they won't want to overplay in Ireland's half. If your form is a little bit down and not where you want it to be, you're ideally you don't want to play around too much in your own half. But they'll have a strategy, I think, in Ireland. Have just got to be ready for that. I think they will kick a lot bigger. Will test Hugo Keane and Mac Hansen and James Lowe as much as they can, and um, they'll try and overpower Ireland. Um, they have a very good back row. It's a mm-hmm. superb back row, and Tipperick, um, Jack Morgan this year has been absolutely brilliant for 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 the Ospreys. He's a really really top class player, um, big prospect. He could have a really big Six Nations, and Falato, um, you know, he's a wonderful player as well when he's on song. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but I don't see him drifting too far away from the way they've played under Warren Gatland before. Matt, uh, Alan's just naming out players there, and the more he says them, the more they are great players, and it could be a difficult afternoon. And also, he mentioned Alex King, but they also have brought in Mike Forshaw, who did a really good job at Sale Sharks defensively, so it'll be hard to break down. They are, man. You know, you, just this Kenny Allen, fantastic player, Alan Wynne-Jones, you know, inspirational, talismanic leader. You know, Baird is his second row partner has grown in stature since the Lions tour. Uh, you know, as as uh, Quinny said, Dan Bigger, Tomas Williams. You know, this is just what I say. Th- these are a, um, a team of aging warriors, and they but they they have been great players. Long term, it's not good. They're too old. Matt, should I ask you a question? Yeah. If you're coaching against Ireland on Saturday and, and you're Warren Gatland, you're 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 coaching because you've been. You've coached against Ireland. You've coached in the Six Nations. What would you try and do to stop Ireland? Well, first thing is you deny Ireland their set-piece. Ireland want set-piece plays. So minimise your penalty so they can't kick out and don't kick the ball in the touch. Kick the ball long in the tram tracks. Really work on your line speed, your kick chase, and then attack them at the scrum. Don't allow them to get that, that rhythm that they love off set plays. That's what they've got to do. And then the other part is you've probably got to risk a bit like South Africa did, compact your defensive line and really go up hard. So when they're trying to pass out the back, you've got someone there to hit them before they get the ball wide. Uh, I I probably have some memories in my head of Ireland going over there uh, in the last kind of – we haven't won there since 2013, the Six Nations. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of games kind of jump out to me where – you know, it was one in 2015, Wales won 23 16. Um, 2019, Alan, as well. 2019, as well. Yeah, that was that was one where, where Ireland were backs to the wall, the roof was left open. It was a case of um, they're going for a grand slam, different positions and different scenarios. But a lot of these games that I can think back to, um, 2017, 22 9 to Wales. They went after our halfbacks. They got into Johnny Sexton's face. They tried to, you know, be incredibly physical. I think of Navidi and Tipperick in 2019 causing havoc at the breakdown. Yeah. Alan Wynne Jones pinching a line out or two, um, and, and Ireland dropping their heads a little bit and just, you know, one or two little decisions going against some refereeing decisions. And, you know, the game is gone and you just got to feel, and I was on commentary for a good few of those games, you just feel 
Wales have that energy. They have that edge. And it's it's amazing the way form can sometimes go out the window. And we've seen some of these Welsh players at times over the years when they've played for their regions, you know, come to Limerick or come to the RDS or go to, to, to Belfast or even, even to the sports ground as well. And just not look like, God, they're not, they're not the same. They put on a Welsh jersey. And you kind of referenced it there that I'm talking about players. When I when I go through and I've done my teams, I, you know, I've kind of writing out the names. You're just thinking these guys are big game players. There's a lot of yeah. British and Irish lines in there. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go out and play and be brilliant, but they have it in the locker somewhere. Yeah. Um, and they won't be fearful. So they love the challenge of this, and and yeah. that's what makes it really intriguing um, for Ireland. Our, 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 any sort of a win for me on Saturday is a positive result for Ireland because this is difficult. And sometimes when we go into the Six Nations, or when all teams go in, you can train really well, you can you have minimum preparation time, and you just don't know how that kind of car is going to start off and how it's going to move forward. Sometimes it moves perfectly and other times it stutters a bit. So it's about results and it's sometimes it's about cup rugby and um I think they'll have a game plan, as you, and I agree, Matt. That's why I asked you as a coach. I think they'll try and come up with a strategy about kicking, getting line speed, uh, being physical with Ireland, going after their set piece. You know, most teams do all this stuff anyway. It's part of the plan. But you get a break or two and you win a 50-50 in the air. Um you know, a ball dribbles into touch, the crowd are going mad. And that's the stuff Ireland have to deal with. I think they're well capable of. There's a lot of experience in this Irish side as well. So mm. let's not kid ourselves. There's a lot of really good players who, who've who been to, uh, played in a lot of big games away from home and won, namely the, this group in New Zealand. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's intriguing, but uh, it's a strong side. I think Ireland, um, tight furlong is a loss. Um he he's a big loss in in this side, but it's a it's a challenge now for Finley Beelham, and um, you know they've got to get that scrum right early on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, Matt, picking up on those points there of how good Wales could be, but this Ireland team, as Alan said, went to New Zealand won a series, surely they're better equipped now than the last couple of years to deal with this and come out on top. They are. Look, Ireland should win this game. The rugby world expects Ireland to win this game. I guess what Quinny and I are talking about, having been there, you know, rugby's an emotional game. And Wales are going to put in an emotional performance. There's, there's so many factors 
uh, leading into what I believe are Wales will, will really fire this team up for this game, especially that first 20 minutes, first 30 minutes of, that, of the game. And, a hor- you know, one of the worst weeks in Welsh rugby history, as Quinny said, like losing to Georgia, losing to Italy, led Australia by, you know, 20 points plus at half time and lost in the last second. You know, that then they sack a coach. And when you sack a coach, usually the next game the team responds because the players know in their hearts not it wasn't all the coach. You know, we contributed. And so you have this, we call it a dead cat bounce, where a, bad, a team that hasn't been playing well, when the coach is sacked, the next game they play well in every sport. It's not rug, a rugby thing. It's a sporting thing. It's a human thing. A human condition. So I think all these things, plus the return of Gatlin, I think there's a lot of emotion going to be there at, at that stadium. And exactly what Quinny, Quinny said, what are the things in rugby that beats talent, physicality and aggression? Can beat talent. Now that, that's And that's what Wales are going to bring in, in spades. Come back to your point, Stu. This island team that can go to New Zealand, that is the most challenging rugby environment in the world, away to New Zealand in test matches. Mightn't have the same atmosphere as uh, the, uh, the, the Principality, I almost called it Millennium again, I think I'll always call it the Millennium. But if you go to New Zealand and you win, mate, that gives you confidence. You can go into any environment in the world and you can have confidence. If I, if I can win, if I'm part, my team can win in New Zealand, we can win in Cardiff. So Ireland are going in well-equipped to win this game. I, I think... What Alan and I are trying to get across to everyone that's listening to the pod, this is not a walk in the park. This this is going to be a really tough battle. And as Quinny said, you know, 1-0, we'll take 1-0 for sure because this isn't going to be easy. Yeah, sure. we shall see what will happen on Saturday. Elsewhere on Saturday, must move on to other teams in Scotland and England. Alan, a new England with Steve Borswick. Scotland, interesting times there with Gregor Townsend. You know, Scotland have actually got the better out of England over the last couple of years in the Six Nations. Which way do you see that one going? And do you think we'll see, I suppose, as much a different type of England or what? Yeah, it depends. Um, obviously, Steve Bortwick um, is taking over. Uh, Kevin Sinfield is in as defence coach. They'll certainly bring a bit of inspiration. They've both come from Leicester. Um, I think the way England have played in the last couple of years under Eddie Jones has been pretty confusing. They've been trying to um, you know, I think I remember back Eddie Jones criticising Ireland for kicking a lot and being bland and uh, there's a couple of... Warren Gatlin did it a bit too, didn't he? But um, a lot of the time, England stats, they kicked more than, than Ireland um, in, in when, when he made a lot of those comments over the years. But my point here is that um, I think he... he they played the wrong type of game for the players they have. I think that, you know, England have always been very powerful and physical and they'll always have that ability to, to pick the bigger players, particularly up front. Um, to Alangi being back in their, in their group helps him a lot. He's always a big player for England. Um, and I think that, you know, they will change the way they play. I think they'll express themselves a little bit more and I think they're a dangerous prospect for in the Six Nations because... You know, they start with, with two home games and that will, you know, you'd expect them to win those two games, give them momentum. Um, but Scotland will fancy their chances. They were there two years ago. They had a brilliant win there. They won again last year up in in uh, in, in Murrayfield as well. 
Um, so they, a lot of these Scottish players, it's a similar enough Scottish team that we're, we've kind of seen the last couple of years that's probably underperformed a little bit. Um, they've got a big result here, you know, namely the English ones, and then they end up losing the week after to somebody else. Um, so I think it's, and that happened two years ago. They lost to Wales the week after beating England at Twickenham. So they play Scott, they play Wales in, in Murrayfield next week again. So it's the same run of fixtures, but um, they're capable of it. Um, you know, Finn Russell, Ben White at scrum half, um, he's a very good player. Uh, probably um, he has that ability to really snipe and play with pace and tempo, and that's what they want. Um, Finn Russell on his day, we, we it's it's the it's the debate that goes on and on and on. His ability when he when he plays well and he does some magic, he can unlock defenses. He can do something special. Um, to go to Twickenham at any stage is always going to be difficult, but they'll be confident. You know, Stuart Hogg, uh, Hugh Jones at outside centre, Van der Merwe, uh, good team. I, I like Matt Fagerson at, at number eight. I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's a really really all-round brilliant number eight and he's shown his quality at this level um jamie ritchie and and crosby has played well for edinburgh as well so they they've good players there my fear sometimes with with you know with scotland is that the engine room the second rows grant gilchrist and and, and um and johnny gray are in there they're richie gray are in there they're two good footballers but sometimes they lack that bit of physicality they have a strong front row Schumann and uh, and WP Nell. So um it's a tough challenge for them, but they they will fancy their chances. And I think they've a real crack here to go at England and and kind of find chinks in the armor, if you like. But I do expect that Bortwick will the, the English players will be, it will be there'll certainly be less pressure um playing than playing under Eddie Jones. I think he had a real fear factor and that was starting to filter out. People were and I think player power pushed Eddie Jones. There's lots of debates about, you know, the decision to, to, to get rid of him. It's divided opinion, I think, in some fronts. But I think if you ask the players deep down, um, it wasn't an enjoyable environment all the time. Um, and that's what cost him his job in the end. Obviously, the results weren't good either. And they were, they were poor in November. Argentina really exposed them and South Africa. Yeah, Matt, just as uh, Alan goes through the Scotland team there, I want to look, look more in detail at the England team, the 10 and 12, with it looks like Owen Farrell, Marcus Smith. Sorry, the opposite way around, Marcus Smith at 10, Owen Farrell probably at 12. That dynamic, you haven't been sold on yet, would that be fair enough? And you're still, you feel Marcus Smith does it at a club level, but maybe at international level hasn't just stepped up to what you thought he could maybe deliver? He just plays far too deep, Stewie. You know, Marcus Smith at Harlequins is a superb player, but he, he does not bring that same technique of a 10 into international rugby. Now, Nick Evans, uh, who was the um, uh, attack coach for Harlequins when they won the, won the premiership, has been brought in uh, as attack coach of England. So that may have a marked effect on, on Smith's play internationally. But if you go back to that Argentinian game that, Alan was just commenting on, there was a play in that game from a line-out where Smith, England are trying to attack, right? They're, they're in Argentina's half. Smith takes the ball at least 10 metres deep behind the behind the line-out and just passes to Owen Farrell. So Owen Farrell gets the flanker from the tail of the line-out. 
he gets the 10 and the 12. And there's just nowhere for that England attack to go. So Smith has to attack the line, has to be much, much flatter, has to attract defenders before he passes, as he does with Harlequins. But he's not doing that at international level. So both what Borthwick will bring, I think, to, to England. Remember, he was England, Eddie's, Eddie's coach, assistant coach of forwards at Japan and for, I think, two seasons or three seasons at England. So he knows the setup, and the players know him. He'll bring a, a, a real steal to their set play. So you've got Farrell. I think Farrell is, as a second five, as, as, a, as a distributor at inside 10, is a really good play. But not if his 10 is deep. No one can survive that. His 10 has to be a threat like Sexton does and like Ross Byrne is now doing. They've got to take it to the line and, and expose themselves, get their hips square and go forward, which is what... Smith does not do. So Smith, to me, is the key to that English side. If Borthwick gets their set, all the things that Quinny just said, if Borthwick gets that going, and I have confidence that he will because he's done it before with England and he, he did, certainly did it with Leicester, I, I, Smith will be the key. So if Nick Evans can come in and just say to Smith, listen, mate, you've got to take more responsibility when the ball's in your hand. You've got to, you can't just shift it on to Farrell. That's not, that's not the way the game goes. If he accepts that and goes flatter, England could be a very strong side. And I, and I, yeah. I just to add to that, Stuart, I, I think there's a bit of uncertainty about England because mm-hmm. of the results, because of the change. I think they're, they're a bit of a sleeping dog here. If they get their house in order and they get their structure in order, they have the players yeah. to beat anyone. They can physically match players. They have a lot of pace. They have a lot of talent. So... And as Matt said, you know, someone like Matt, uh, Marcus Smith, if he gets quality ball, um, it can be very, very dangerous. So you're not going to get an English pack ever that's small and that's not able to physically go after people. So if they get their game plan right and their structure, and I really feel, you know, Bortwick will, you know, he'll, he'll know the mood of the players. He'll, he'll try and really improve their, how they're feeling and how they, and make it a more enjoyable environment for them. Um, so, it may take a little bit of time, um, but I think we're going to see a bit of a bounce from England here in this championship. And, and as I said, you know, for them, it's just get a result on Saturday. Then they've got Italy at home. And suddenly you get two two good results, a little bit of feel-good factor, and they go to Cardiff in round three. It's not beyond the, uh, the, the poss- uh, realms of possibility that they could be three games, three wins, England, and really challenging for a championship. Um so the Six Nations throws up some funny results, but I think England are still going to have a big say in this championship. Yeah, uh, Matt, Alan says England could well go three from three. Any chance of Scotland doing that? Well, it's true. The, the thing that the last six months has taught us um, is for the first time in my memory, there's nothing between the top eight, nine teams. They're all beating each other. Everyone's beating each other. Australia beat Scotland just Scotland missed a penalty. Australia then go and should have beaten France, who are, we, I think, the best team in the world. Should have or could have beaten Ireland, who are, is the second best team in the world. They took New Zealand to within 30 seconds of victory before an outrageous decision cost them the game. So, And Australia are not the best team in the world. So if you look at, if we work on that theory, and we can say the same about Argentina, beat New Zealand and Australia, beat England, there's nothing between the teams. So on, and that's really great for the World Cup, and it's great for the championship. Yes, Scotland could go through. It's unlikely. It's unlikely <laughs> because simply because 
I think France, you know, when you when you're hitting France, the chances of beating France are low. You know, the, the France have Ireland away and uh, England away, so that's tough for them. That's tough for them. That's why I don't think there's going to be a grand slam. But when you go to Paris against France, so so apart from those two home games, France are at home till next Six Nations. So the French are sitting there, you know, wow. So when Scotland go to Paris, that's going to be except anyone going to Paris in this Six Nations, that is a very, very hard ask to do that. And for for France, I think it's it's a case of, as you say, Mass, um, they get the, the, the first two games away from home, they go to Rome and, you know, with respect to Italy, I think none of us would, would predict Italy turning France over there. So, um, and then they come to Dublin next week. They were here two years ago and uh, they muscled another result against Ireland when, I think if you remember, James Lowe's tackle into yeah. the corner, we think it's a try. They go up the field and they score two quick tries and they do enough to, you know, frustrate Ireland and, and their power is pretty telling. The, the big the big improvement with me for, for with France is is their defence and yeah. their work rate. I think they're a hard team now to break down. No matter what players you had in the French team before kind of the last two seasons, if you were patient, if you built up a phases, um, they get a little bit lazy. They switch off a little bit. I think Sean Edwards has done a remarkable job yes. in getting them <clears throat> believing that this is what you have to do to win big games and if we want to be the best in the world and they have an incredible setup don't they you know players to pick from you live over their mass if you were a french coach the amount of players that you can choose from with all the top teams even in the the, the lower divisions there's quality players um so depth is not an issue it's all about psychology getting them fit and getting a good blend and i think fabian galtier and and Ibanez, but those three have done a brilliant job because they've they've sat down and they've said, well, we should be a lot better. They hadn't won a championship since 2010 before last year. Um, and they're, you know, they have a brilliant squad. Cameron Walkie is going to be a loss to him, but Tau Fefanu will probably play in the second row with Paul Willems. Uh, so not bad, uh, is it? Not a bad replacement. And they'll probably have some more. Uh, Flamont is another one that yeah, can go into the second row probably. Yeah. So a lot of good excellent players their two hookers are world class yeah uh, you know so it's it's power pace strength everywhere um and of course dupont is the best rugby player in the world i think and he has shown that just defensively he's so good uh he stops the opposition he's he's he just harasses the opposition halfbacks he's kick chase and then his ability to kick left and right he's just such a brilliant weapon for them but um you know, Ireland will still fancy that's that's next week's pod, really. Yeah, but yeah. I think in an overall picture, I think you're probably looking at France, England, uh, Ireland to challenge for the championship. But Matt has said it here, you know, and, and we may get a few sneaky Welsh viewers on the pod here. We're under no circumstances thinking we're going to Cardiff on Saturday, um, that we're going to it's going to be easy. It's not, it's no way it's not. And in round four, no matter what way Ireland are, going to Murrayfield again, you know, Ireland are a big scalp. Gregor Townsend are really fancy, fancy Ireland. So, um, and of course, Italy, you know what they did in, in November? They beat Australia in November and Wales. So it, it should be a great championship, but sometimes it's in third gear at, at round one. So hopefully we see some great rugby at the weekend and some great matches. 
Yeah, Matt, last one on Italy, uh, France. Do you still think the Grand Slam champions coming into it are yet to peak? And where do you see Italy? Is there any chance they could get two wins in this championship? Well, I think we've got to give uh, the Italians credit where credit's due, Stewie. You know, they've they've beaten Wales, they've beaten Australia. Then then, then they drop, you know, horrifically to Georgia. Um, but we've got to give Georgia credit too. They also beat Wales. So, you know, again, it comes back to my point. A lot of teams are beating each other. I think everyone's trouble with Italy is we want them to get better. Like, God, they've been hopeless for 10 years and they win a game. This is, well, as long as it's not against us, that's great, you know. Um, the Italians have improved. Uh, they basically, in my, my view of that, they've got 16, 17 players now that, that are, are there fighting. And if your opposition doesn't have a good day, the Italians are, uh, have bridged a significant amount of the gap between where they were and where the other Six Nations teams were. They've, they've proved that with that, the, their performances and their results. Can they get two wins? Well, it's going to be tough, Stu. I think any win's going to be tough for them. Yeah. But it, it's not impossible. And that's a great thing because, uh, uh, you know, it was only maybe two seasons ago or even the beginning of last season we are saying, well, look, it's 50 points every time against Italy. People aren't mm-hmm. thinking that anymore. That's healthy for the championship, healthy for Italy. Um, I, I just can't see them doing that to France. France, as, as I've said, and Alan and I keep saying, France is the best team in the world, in my opinion, at the moment. And I can't see a way that the Italians can overcome that. Can they, could they rattle uh, Wales and Scotland? Yes, they could. I think the other three are beyond them uh, right now. But but that doesn't mean they won't. I think the big thing as far as the championship goes on Sunday, remember we've got that, we're, we're uh, broadcasting that on, on Virgin Media, the, is, is the preview we'll see of what are France doing before they get to Ireland the next week. Because that's, that, to me, is the big game of the championship for Ireland. They win that game, the world changes for them as far as the championship goes. Because Galtier, just to finish on this, Galtier said, we're not the defending champions, we're attacking 2023. Great mindset, great statement from a coach. Forget last year, we're not defending champions. That's over. That's in the history books. We're attacking 2023. So let's see what this uh, French side can do. Remembering, everyone's talking about the French injuries. Galtier again deserves credit. When they toured Australia two years ago, he left all but one of the of the starting fifteen at home. He went to it, uh, to Japan, left everyone of the starting the starting. I think it was starting eighteen at home. So he has developed depth. So as Quinny said, don't read the paper. Oh, France have got a lot of injuries. They have, but let me tell you, the quality they got in the cupboard goes very very deep. I back to forty five players. I think. They have got so much depth; it's it's quite extraordinary. So uh, Sunday's game against Italy will be another fascinating uh, window for the week after when Ireland uh, Ireland catch them. Yeah, as you say, Matt, serious amount of depth. Well, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. But before we go, lads, I know it's both your favourite times. I can tell by the smiles in your face. Predictions for round one, please, Matt. First to you, Ireland. With a prayer, I, uh, it's uh, as we're going to say again, really close margins. But I think Ireland can win that game. Uh, I think England will win and France. And Ireland? Yeah, it's probably the same for me. Um, Scotland, dangerous proposition. Wales for both England and, our, and ourselves. But um, yeah, I think on form, probably Ireland. Uh, you couldn't say on form for England, but I just think the home advantage, um, yeah. they'll probably get over Scotland and France. 
Well, interesting calls, lads. We shall see. Thanks for joining me as always. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.